Oh, hello, <laughs> and welcome to this week's edition of Running on Tap. I'm Kyle. I'm Jacqueline. Jacqueline, what are we drinking today? I am drinking. You have left I your bottle threw somewhere. Throw out the can, the bottle. It is a beer from Dogfish Head, which that is a you're going to brewery while in you, Delaware. Uh, stall for um, time. It's a sour. It's the brunch. It's a brunch shot sour. I think, I think it's called Sunday Scaries. <laughs> Welcome to it. <laughs> this is live radio, folks, except it's not really live. Um, Maybe it's not called that. It's Sunday something. I guess like a Sunday brunch or something to that. Sunday effect. feels. Sunday feels. Sunday feels is what it is. It is a, it's a sour. And this one actually smells quite pungent. Mm. Um, it is a beer mosa. So... It is basically inspired by brunch drinks. Yes. The mimosa, the bellini, and the screwdriver. So it has peaches from the bellini. It has grapes um, from like the champ to get like the champagne yep. flavor of mimosa, and then it has citrus for the uh, screwdriver and the mimosa. So yeah, this apparently started as like a small batch thing that was only available at the tasting room in Delaware, but everyone loved it, so they expanded it out. I have seen it on their Instagram a lot, but didn't know we could get it, and then we found it, I think on, oh, we found it uh, uh, on our Instacart, yep, yeah, and I was okay. super excited. From, shout out to Wagmans. Uh, yeah, it's a very interesting beer. It does taste very much like a, it's a very bright, uh, brunchy drink. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's not that tart. This one actually, I mean, we just ate. Yeah. I'm getting some like funky flavors in this that I think, I, I, I've had one pr prior to this that was very good. So I think it is just like lingering aftertaste of barbecue. I don't think it's a good barbecue beer. Um, but it, it's very fruit forward and very effort effervescent and I feel like you want to drink it on a sunny day. Yeah. You know? Totally. It's very good. I'm super glad I was able to find it. I think anyone who listens to this at all knows I love... Actually, I haven't gone on a sequench evangelizing speech no, in a haven't. while. But I love Dogfish Head. Sequench is like one of my top three beers. Um, so I was really excited to try another one of their sours. For sure. That's awesome. What are you drinking? Uh, so I am drinking uh, my next beer up. I just left Connecticut on our uh, on our boss into Bar Harbor so challenge. So rude. He's leaving me in the dust. Sorry, sorry. It's the Peloton. Uh, uh, so I am drinking my Connecticut beer. This is from Reverie Brewing in... I'm looking for... In, oh, it's from uh, Newtown, Connecticut. Oh, okay. Brewed in Canada, Newtown, Connecticut. And this is the Waterfall New England IPA. It's a beautiful can. Really beautiful can. Uh, it's got... It's, this like sky blue color most of the way, and then in the middle it has a like uh, a really nice little drawing of a uh, actually a ledge waterfall. There's like a description of what a ledge waterfall is on the side of the can here. It reminds me almost of like a hiking patch. It's yeah. very like illustrated and naturey and yeah, very pretty. Totally. Uh, so it's this is a, this is a New England IPA uh, from New England from New England, but it does not look or taste like the New England IPAs super clear. I have gotten a, super a, a used clear. to. Mostly it is, clear. It is much more translucent than uh, your typical cloudy, uh, hazy New England IPA. And it is, uh, it's different. I was huh. expecting like a really, like a lot of New England IPAs are like juicy and bright and like you 
you always get a little bit of pine, the mm-hmm. pineiness, and like, but like, so really citrusy, and this is just very much not. Uh, so what what does it taste like if not citrus? It's it's got like it's it's tastes a little weedy. Like the, so, the tasty notes on the side here are uh, stone fruits, mango, guava, and citrus. And I from a heavy. I smell of, guava. So I'm just I get a little bit of guava on like an aftertaste, like a, like ten seconds later, I get the af, the the guava, but like. It's it tastes it's different. It's way different than what I expected from a New England IPA. Uh, it tastes a little like yeah, like you got it's it's funky. I'll go with funky. It actually reminds me a little. We went out to a brewery this past weekend. We, we went did. out to Aslan. It reminds me a little of the IPA we had there. Mm, to, yeah, we have so to you. We have such different tastes. To, to me, they taste somewhat. This is a little more dank, but they yeah. have like a similar sort of soft citrus profile yeah i know that sounds crazy i'll go with dank is a good way to put it dank and like uh almost a, like I, the more i think about it like yeah i get a lot of like plum i'm getting like a lot of like huh. really deep stone fruit not like the usual like peaches or whatever that you, you kind of get like this is like I, i'm getting like i don't know something but I, I think plum is maybe plum. it yeah, I don't know. Huh? It's just it's just interesting, and it, it, dank is good. It's a little it's a little musty. Musty is a good word. Yeah, like and then like also kind of has like the mouthfeel of a wheat beer. Yes, too, which is very strange. Very much. So all these things combined, it's a very uh, interesting and different beer because it's not what I expected whatsoever when really I ordered unique. it. Uh, really unique. So uh, excited to be drinking. This is a brewery I've never had before. Uh, it's a really cool, like I said, really cool can, uh, and it's seven point two percent. So always a solid thing too. Uh, but it's a, uh, yeah, it's an interesting beer. So there we go. How was your week? It was good. I'm trying to remember. I ran mm-hmm. a couple times. My runs have not been going as well, which like has to be expected, right? They're not all going to be like the best run I've ever had. And they were for a really long time, yeah. but I have just like not been hitting all my splits and my speed workouts. I've also decided that I was too lazy to run over to the area where it's flat so I've been running them on hills oh. so that that could be oh. part of it um, yeah that's that's pretty key to yeah be running if you're gonna do the speed workouts you might want to do them on flatter ground well it's not like a steep it's not like I'm doing it on a steep hill it just has more elevation gain than what I have been feet, running yeah. them on um so yeah my runs have been going okay uh I've been loving the Peloton, really enjoying the bikes. Today, actually, I was saying I did I did a recovery bike, and it was the first bike that I actually like was able to like recover and took easy. Yeah, I managed to. Matt Wilpers is a teacher, and he was like, "Don't go hard on your easy days," and I actually listened for nice. once. Good for you. So that was really nice. Um, so yeah, it's been good. I am getting ready for this virtual five k this weekend that I am not as driven towards since we're actually doing like a real person in person 5k um but yeah it should should be good uh boston athletic association sent out like bib numbers and coloring pages and like finishers tape that you can break so um they're doing like a good job making that feel fun yeah yeah we try to print it off here we have a black found out that our printer only does black and white so you uh you you 
went to FedEx. You Thanks, decided, FedEx. decided not to do the black and white bib. Yeah, I mean, I'm also not running in an eight and a half by eleven bib. <laughs> that would just be absurd. That'd be excellent. Uh, so I got them printed the same size we did for Marine Corps. Nice. Which I think will be good. But yeah, I've been I've been feeling good. I also uh, the Baltimore Ten Miler is on our schedule. Yes. For later this spring, so I. I did not plan out my whole year of running on January 1st, as some people in this household did. Yep. So I like went through and like plotted out the next like six or seven weeks of training, crossing my fingers that that race happens. Um, it appears to be on track to do so right now. I am optimistic. Yeah. Uh, we'll but, see. but yeah, so I like plotted out my training for that for the next couple weeks, and awesome. I'm excited. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. How did your week go? Uh, it's good. I am, I am transitioning my schedule that you, effort, uh, uh, as so uh, correctly mentioned, I came up with before the start of the year. Um, I, with the addition of the Peloton, I found that I think I've discussed this on an earlier podcast, but I've kind of put it into place now. Uh, I found that I was I was really enjoying doing both running and Peloton uh, on the same day and kind of doing those co- combined workouts. Uh, but that left me completely drained on some runs. I went out and just felt, had nothing in my legs. And like I would have, I, you know, I had one rest day. So I would do my rest day. And then the next day I'd go out and I'd still have nothing in my legs. Like I was not recovering. So I have uh, booted one workout day off my schedule. And I'm now working out five days a week and taking two days off, which is really nice. Uh, and helping me recover a lot more. Uh, giving me a lot more energy in my legs. And I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, I've also like gotten to the point where on the in my year-long training plan I have s- finished one cycle of uh, Hal Higdon's uh, like base training uh, plan and I'm starting the second one which is the so unofficially starting marathon training because that, these are supposed to go back like this is the PR plan or whatever mm-hmm. it's supposed to be so they all go together uh, but it's been, uh, yeah, so I'm on my second week of that now. And it's been, it's been good. Uh, back That's to doing, exciting. E- even if it doesn't feel like a huge shift, I feel like moving from one training to the other is still exciting. It was, so the, the biggest shift is that instead of doing the flat road speed workouts like I had been doing for uh, about a month or two, uh, off and on for a month or two, not as much as I should, uh, I'm back to hill, tra- hill repeats mm. uh, and hill training. So uh, I I did uh, my first round of hill repeats on this training plan uh, to celebrate our friends at Will Run For's uh, virtually live event uh, last weekend, and uh, banged out was a little more than a five k to do uh, three hill repeats. And on, I've decided to go for this round of hill repeats. I'll go to the bad hill. There is a bad mm. like there's a there's a steep hill that's by not not too far away from our house. That I ran once and didn't want to run again. Uh, but I'm training on that now. And uh, so I've done a couple, couple of those workouts. I've also, like, my work schedule has shifted. And so now I'm becoming a morning workout person again. And it is uh, quite the change. I'm, yeah. like, it's cooler and it's dark. I'm running, like, before the sun comes up almost. So uh, adjusting my body to that. And um, But, yeah, feeling pretty energized. I'm really happy with how, how things are going right now. Uh, and I think the extra rest day really does help, as opposed to just pushing myself like I was. Do, do you want to do a little race recap about your virtually live race? Would you Would, would you think to. of it? Sure. Uh, so, found out about this race by listening to the Will Run For podcast, uh, and 
just decided, you know, they're 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 our friends. There, we 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 had we were on their. To be clear, we've never we've met never met them, them in person, but, but we're we friends. consider them friends. Yeah, but exactly, we're we're podcast friends. Uh, so I love listening to their show, and I uh, decided to participate. And they, it was all super simple, nice, easy. Sign up online, and uh, they had a deadline of like the week before to sign up, and. In the mail, about two days before, came uh, a really cool buff that uh, has their has a logo on it. Uh, I don't. I, I, it was a new logo. It was not the logo that they have on their podcast, I believe. Huh. Uh, so maybe it was. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. On the top of my head, I don't think so. Uh, but uh, a cool logo on the buff, uh, really high quality buff. It was really nice. Uh, and uh, they sent a medallion as well, uh, and a really nice mimic the. The logo on the buff and a uh, really nice uh, wooden medallion, uh, quite cool. It's been sitting on my desk, and it's um, and it all came right before. I was able to celebrate afterward with the buff. I, you know, I ran with the buff on. It was kind of breaking the rules of not wearing the. Uh, we'll allow it just this once. Yeah, I was doing it for the gram. I wanted, they were, they were very much engaged. They tried to make this a uh, as much of a an event as possible. Uh, you were listening to their Instagram live on Friday night. They did a happy hour yeah. for folks. You were not able to do participate in some of the engagement because of prior commitments and work, but it was super fun. They did like a great happy hour and everyone was in there. And I feel like sometimes those Instagram lives, it can really feel like you're like talking at people, but right. like they like responded to people in the comments and it was, uh, it was very fun. They have a really great community around yeah, their podcast. And for sure. Really, that was quite evident from the bits and pieces I got to hear. Uh, and then they also, uh, they were very present on Instagram that whole day and sharing people, people were tagging them in their stories, uh, at, you know, at, with their runs and they were sharing them and interacting with people, encouraging them, that kind of thing, which was really cool. So they were actually on zoom. You could like call, was it, I don't know if it was zoom or Instagram live, but you could like call in on like a video while oh, you really? were running, which was kind of cool. You, again, I was, I was, you, you had to do it later in the day. I was super late. We got a we got a power washer yeah. and uh, got we got real side. The running podcast. Let's not get into the power oh, washer. Oh boy. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really really cool to be able to like encourage people, and it was definitely like, I mean, obviously like very different from some of like the more commercial like virtual races we've done, but it it was just really nice to see like a ton of engagement that made yeah. it really feel like a real race where you're like cheering people on as they're finishing and it, it was very very cool it was quite it was, it was very cool it was very special uh and unique like you said it was uh something that you don't get a lot with these uh with the race company yeah races and it was also cool to see just like they i think they started their podcast maybe like two months after we did like yeah. very much in this like we've both been doing this for not super long and uh they put together uh, like a coherent event on their own they're people who are uh, I think they volunteer at races, but I don't think any of them are race organizers or anything from what I've been able to hear on the podcast. Uh, so it was kind of really cool to see uh, what they pulled off. Yeah. And it was a really fun experience. So I, I quite enjoyed it. And it was nice to have have their their medallion now uh, you know, in my office right now. And I need to put it you on the rack. You got to put up on the medallion rack. I need to put it on the medallion rack. That's right. Uh, we also had uh, the day after that, we had a nice, we, we alluded to, to it earlier. 
We visited a brewery. We did. And we uh, we went out to visit Aslan. Oh, it was so fun. You want to tell? Well, you know, what were your what were your thoughts on Aslan, and how how what was their setup like? So the yeah, the first thing I'm interested in when I'm like looking at places and looking on Yelp is like whether I feel safe, yeah. whether I will feel safe with them. So. Uh, I, I think, you know, we can definitely talk about the beer and the atmosphere, but to start off with, it is in a big parking lot. There is a lot of distance between tables. They wipe down all the tables between every person. They had a QR code for the menu. They were like serving the beers in cans, which I yep. thought was like really sanitary, actually. Um, so I, I think I'm like hyper aware about this stuff and I felt totally fine there. Yeah. There were in a tent, but no sides on the tent. So you had plenty of airflow. Yep. Everyone was wearing a mask if they weren't at their table. We've yep. been places where like kids were running around without masks on, even but the even the kids that yep. were like playing and whatever had their masks on if they weren't at their table. I felt super safe there. Yeah, it was really nice. Uh, they, like basically, each individual party doesn't matter if you were six people, seven people, or if you were two people like us. Uh, each party sat at a uh, probably about a, like a six or seven foot picnic table yep. that had another six or seven feet between it and the next one. And so we, it was just the two of us at like a big picnic table outside. Uh, and like we waited for a little bit under at a, a bar table that was separated from uh, the group a little bit from the, from the other tables. And it was just, it was really nice. Had some music playing, not, mm -hmm. su not super loud because we're old now. Uh, but it was just a cool place to hang out and uh, had a really good vibe going on. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, big fan of their beer. Beer was super good. I like kind of didn't want to go because I mean I wanted to go because I wanted to be out and about and I wanted to see any place. But like great day here too. All their beer is either like double IPAs or sours with milk sugar. It's extremely my kind of place. And I was like, well, I'm not going to drink any of these IPAs and all the sours with milk sugar are going to make me sick. Yep. So the first beer I got was a Pilsner. Yeah. Which was fine. It was okay. It was a Pilsner. Not my favorite. Pilsner. It's hard, hard to do a Pilsner super, super well. Yes. And then I got the Hefeweizen, which we tried before, which was very good. But you got yeah. an IPA that I loved. What was it? What was the IPA? Business chicken. Business chicken. That's it right. was a penguin because it's a chicken in a tuxedo. The and business, I the business loved it. It should be like formal chicken. It should be. It's, I mean, it's great. They, they also have like super fun cans and like it's very colorful and like yeah. it, it, it's just very cool. Very, very good beer. I had the business chicken and the Tokyo smoke, both of which were really good, uh, like hazy, juicy IPA is very much my style. Very summery beers, and it seems like that's kind of what they specialize in there. There's a lot of it's almost intimidating as someone who likes that kind of beer because there's so many different options in that style that they like, all kind of sound the same. Like I don't know how you picked. It's all. I mean that it, it was very much just like my considerations to get the business chicken was like this sounds good and it's 5.2 percent and I need to drive. So uh, I'm not gonna get like I like I want to try to double, but it was an eight percent beer, and like I want to hang out for a little bit. If yeah. I have, if I have one eight percent beer, we're 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 not staying very long. Right. Because uh, I'm not gonna I, standing around and sitting around a bar, not super fun. We're not we're not drinking. So uh, it was that was my main consideration was looking at the ABV, and they have really nice mid range ABV yeah. beers, and like that uh, the business chicken was something you took a sip of it, and we're like. Oh my god, I love that. I was shocked. Yeah. I mean, the look on my face, you knew. You were stunned. It was amazing. Uh, but yeah, really great beer. Uh, would love to go back. They have um, 
they have a, a pizza food truck that's not far away too uh, that has some yeah again uh, Lots of options for me, uh, probably a few, a few things that you can have that don't have cheese on them. But uh, it's a really cool place, really great vibe. And we, yeah. we've enjoyed uh, some of their beers delivery and it was just awesome to be able to go to their home base. Excited to be able to go inside at some point. Yeah, for sure. It was, it was a very fun day. I'm glad we got to check it out. Yeah, absolutely. So this week, we wanted to talk about, oh, there's a lot of a drum roll. There's a drum that. roll. I don't know if you can uh, hear it. So we want to talk a little bit about what success looks like for us as runners. Uh, I think that this is something that both of us got into running uh, when we got into running seriously was for the same thing, which were races and medals. And that has changed drastically over the last year as races and medals in their traditional form went away. Uh, but I think and I want to hear from you about like how you judge your success as a runner uh, over time and not just as, you know, setting a PR, which is like, you know, obviously the most tangible thing. We both have spreadsheets that we keep track of things with. Uh, but, you know, what, what are your measurements for success? Like in races or just like in general? Start off however you want. Okay. We, we did talk about like our plan for this and yet somehow I gave it absolutely no thought <laughs> between now and then. So... Buckle up, guys. There we go. Um, we vamped earlier trying to figure out what beer you're drinking. Let's vamp now, too. I feel like I'm still guilty of, like, measuring success by, like... Like, once races are back, like, I want to PR oh, yeah. in them. Oh, for sure. But, like, I've also done a lot of races. I, I think back to the Rock and Roll Half Marathon a few years ago where... I trained literally not at all. I think my longest run was like four or five miles. And I had such a good time and I right. finished and I was like, that was a, that, like, I, I counted that as like a successful yeah. race. Um, so I think it very much like depends on, depends on the race, right? Like that was a su successful race because I went out and I had fun and I finished. But I think if I had been like, better trained for it like races that i'm like prepared for i would like to do better and like pr but like in terms of workouts and stuff like I, i've been feeling this way with my speed work that has not been going exactly as i planned like it's been getting hotter and my allergies have been terrible mm -hmm. and like for a lot of those workouts like i count them as a success because i left the house yeah and i put in an effort and like the time may not be the time that I'm aiming for or the time that I like could run a few weeks ago, but like it's a hard effort. Like yeah. I'm out there and I'm running a hard effort. So I don't know. As I'm talking, I'm like, maybe I'm not like as stuck in the mindset of like PRs, but I feel I'm like sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm successful. Be like, knock on wood, like I haven't had like a bad injury in like a while and that's like really cool. Like that's a success. So I would like to like maintain some of that mindset as we move back into races sure. of like measuring success in different ways. But in a sport that is so metrics and numbers driven, it's also like really hard to not be like, oh, like that was a successful run because I ran 10 seconds a mile faster, right? Right. I don't know, how do you approach it? Well, I think when I started off running, it was very much like, 
is very much I'm training for this race. That's how I was measuring my splits and my miles and my you know my tempo, uh, trying to watch it get faster as I got closer to race day. And then that I was I was willing to as long as I got I was putting myself my my training was all about putting myself in in the best position to uh, do well on race day and. Ultimately, I would judge that entire training cycle based on how I ran that it's day. It's so dangerous. Oh yeah, like it, like it's not healthy. No, it's really not. And like you get to the point where, like, like for instance, my, I mean, the problem, with the, the great thing about a marathon and the worst thing about a marathon is that it's very long, right? Uh, so I, you, you're able to. It's not the great thing. It's just the well, worst thing. So for. That for my uh, Outer Banks Marathon, I've talked about this before, but like, I, so I fell apart at the very end and I missed breaking four hours by like four and a half minutes or something to that effect. And I had a really great training cycle leading up to that. I like ran well through the DC summer heat, which was kind of surprising for me. I was feeling really strong. I had like some, I had two 20 mile runs that just like were a breeze. They were so much fun. And I was, and like it was a great 16 weeks or whatever, you know, however long my training cycle was. Uh, but I'm, it's, I'm hard pressed to think back on that fondly because my, I but didn't, it was I a didn't, PR. That's it was, so it was a baffling PR, to me. But like, here's the thing I did not really go out with that race thinking, like, I'm going to break four hours today. But I got through, like I kind of knew about what I had to do, what, what I had to run in order to do it. And so as I got going through the race and by about like 16 miles in, I'm like, I can do this and I'm going to do this. And that's my goal now. And like, so I completely refocused that on, on breaking four hours. And so once I, and that's still, you know, if I, if I was like mile 16, I, an hour, 20 minutes, hour and a half or so of, yeah. Really thinking about that. And um, so I was hyper-focused on that, and I didn't get, accomplish it. And it made that whole training cycle feel like a failure because my, my measurements for success had moved during the race. Sure. Uh, but I have tried without races uh, and without those, that feeling to um, really gauge you know, my, my self-worth by... Uh, it really varies on the day now. Um, there have been days where I had really bad runs, but I felt like crap and I didn't want to do it. And I got out and I did it anyway. And I was like, big win today. Really, like that was a huge win to get out and do that race because you could have very easily just stayed in bed and mm -hmm. not done it. And so like, big win. Uh, there were also days where like, I I want to run a fast I want to run a fast long run or you know or just or based on how I feel like I, I ran my I ran my run and I felt great that day. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it it's been interesting to see how that you're trying to find satisfaction and and stuff without like really having a race like I'm training for a race right now but like there's nothing that's in the in the shorter medium term to look forward right. to to really judge how I'm doing. So. That's a long way of saying, like, it kind of depends on the day. I'm looking a lot at my iPhone stats these days and uh, looking at, watch, trying to make sure, like, my health metrics are going in the right direction, too. Sure. No, I, I think that's super interesting. And you, you talking about your Outer Banks race, 
reminds me very much of the half marathon I did in Philly before we yeah. met. Because um, I... I don't even know if I was like trained adequately to run a two hour half marathon, but I just had in my head, I'm like, this, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to break two hours. And I think I had food poisoning. Like my stomach can be sensitive running, but like I made like lots of bathroom stops on the course. And like normally when I'm running and my stomach is iffy, once I like run and go to the bathroom and get it out, I'm like fine. Yeah. yeah. I was sick like the rest of the evening. Like yeah. I finished a half marathon and ate nothing until like late that night. It's crazy. I was so sick. And at the time I was like, I, my mom and I went to Philadelphia for the weekend. It was Halloween weekend. We were supposed to do a ghost tour. And I was just like, I have failed. I have brought my mother with me to watch me fail. You brought shame on my And family. now I have ruined her weekend because right. we are supposed to be out doing stuff and I am pooping nonstop. <laughs> right. So I like just hated that so much. Like I felt I felt miserable. Looking back, I ran like a 206 half marathon with food poisoning. Yeah. Like looking back, I think that's such a huge success that I didn't like I never gave up. I finished that race a lot faster than I finished other half marathons since, right? Like right. taking bathroom breaks and feeling like garbage from mile 1. Right. Like I now look back at that and I'm like, that showed grit. And like, if I could run that fast, feeling that sick, my fitness was great. Yeah. So I, do, do you still feel that way about the Outer Banks Marathon? Because for me, like years later, I look back on that race very differently. Yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> I mean, no, yeah, I'm glad you have had this this personal growth toward uh you might, might at some point. I might at some point. I mean, that's why I'm going to. Re I'm focusing on my energy on, on doing this year. We'll, we'll see if I fall short again. How I'll how I'll feel about it. Uh, but it it is. Um, I don't know. I think that's also one of the last last real races that I ran. Like uh, your last marathon for that sure. That was the last marathon, and probably I think like we ran uh, a couple other. I ran. I think I ran a 10k for Thanksgiving. For Thanksgiving, and that was the that 10k was the last race I ran hard. Like the other races that like we did a 5k we did, on like uh, so we the, did a 5k on Thanksgiving on, Day. On Thanksgiving Day, and we did that very much as a fun run. And then like the Disney run, we did like a Disney run. We like well, took pictures. Of you characters ran both like of those with me, and I was still hurt. You were hurt. Yeah. I was still run. Oh, we ran the New Year's race that year too. Yes, which you also ran with me. So right. yeah. So uh, that. I just have complicated feelings with that Outer Banks run. At some point, we might, I might need to do that marathon again just to like exercise some demons. But it was, it, it's, I'm try, I think that like during the pandemic, my ideas toward this is like running in itself, being able to run is a success at this point. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's totally true. There was, you know, early on in the pandemic, it was like, is it safe to be outside? Yeah. Uh, so the fact that we still can, I definitely am thankful for. I do think like the longer I've run, plus like, I don't know. I mean, there are people who are, I'm just rambling. There are people who are like, success for them is winning a race, right? right. Like success for me is never going to be winning a race. Right. It's probably never going to be winning my age group. Yeah. Like, I just think it looks so different for different people. Like when I, I like, my first marathon I think was a two, or my first half marathon was a 212. And I was like, oh, it's like so slow because I really wanted to be like close to two hours. And there are people who like 
work their whole lives to break 230. So like, yeah. it's just such a subjective thing. And like the fact that you are down on yourself for a 404 marathon I when I ran, you know, a 530, like right. it's, it's such a hard thing that like differs so much like person to person. And I do feel like my, like some of my highest highs and lowest lows have like been at races. Oh, like yeah, for sure. you, you talk about like your complicated feelings toward that race. Like there are a few things in my life that I have as complicated feelings towards as I do towards races. Yeah. Like just the best days and the worst days, but like there are always like tinges of goodness and like tinges of hope. And yeah. I don't know. It's, I mean, I'm someone who's like in my head a lot of the time anyway, but it's very easy to like get in your head. But like thinking like after the Philly half when I was so sick, like coming back to then break two hours and a half, like best feeling in the world. Yeah. But that's not going to happen. Like that can't, that high can't be your measure of success because right. that's not going to happen You're chasing every a time. At that point. Exactly. And like that was, I think. I'm entering a part of my running career that's going to be really uh, quite challenging to when I when races come back and I look at my like my P, my PR spreadsheet and all all of like basically like every distance I've run except for the 5k which I have not run done like a hard in-person 5k since 2017 or whatever uh, all of my other ones have been like I set my PR in the first one, obviously. I ran that same distance again. I did it faster. I ran that same distance uh, a third time. I did it faster. Like, I'm, it's addicting. It's addicting, and it's all. But it's also the natural. Yes. Uh, nat natural. What naturally happens when you are a run, a, you know, an early runner, your PRs get faster. When I like, first started yeah. running, I would run like they do, like Crystal City five Ks. There are five Ks every Friday night. I would run every Friday night and PR by like two minutes yeah. in the span of a week. Right. Which like, I would have to like bust my ass for months to have a two minute 5K yeah. PR now. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting time to come back and be like, for instance, like I, I experienced this a little bit with my set, like I, I, I ran my first half marathon and then I ran my second half marathon and I was like, oh, my, I ran the same half marathon a year later and I was like, I'm going to PR this one. I'm going to break this by a minute or something like that. And I PR'd by like nine seconds. Like I PR'd, but like even that was like, oh, like this is not the race I expected to run. Like it's PR, but it's not as, didn't like go as fast as I wanted. And I don't think I've, I, I don't think I've, I don't think I've run a half marathon like very intently like that again. But like just seeing the progress curve flatten there was like a shock to the system. And uh, oh yeah, because I was gonna try and PR in 2020. That's why I haven't run. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so it was a shock to the system to be like, oh, like the progress curve is flattening. I'm so used to like, it's all been, it's been linear. I'm just going straight up. And so uh, I am interested to see the next time like I run army 10 miler or the next time I run a 10 mile race and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try and PR this and this is what I need to run. And if I fall short by minutes, uh, how do I react? Because that is going to be a real change in judging success. Like, because you still could have a fun time during the race. That's but interesting. Like, but I'd be disappointed to be five, run run my best race and be five minutes slower than I was two years before. I do feel like I have already sort of waded through this sea. Yeah. And come out the other side because I like I have found a lot of joy 
doing races that I have not PR, that I have not even intended to PR. I go out because it's a pretty route and I get to see friends and I get a medal and maybe we'll have a beer at the finish line. Like the races that it's about that are sometimes like actually a lot more fun. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think you too will learn to find joy in those things. I, I do think that my, and I think the pandemic has changed things mm-hmm. a lot for me and I'm going to ask you how you think it's changed for you in a second. But uh, since you so ably transitioned to me already, I'll, I'll, I'll give my thought. Uh, I really do think that like not, ha- not having races uh, and like making them more of an event, making the virtual races more of an event for us uh, you know, just here at home, like we we'd get gear and we would uh, we'd run them and then we'd have like a drink afterward and brunch to celebrate and then we talk about it on the podcast themed and, like, brunch. Like, yeah, we we did the virtual races all out because in this house. yeah, because we needed something to look forward to. But like uh, at the end of the day, they were still just like a run. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, I think it's a it's trying to find joy in being able to go outside. Mm-hmm. And being able to like enjoy a nice day and like uh, to see different things and feel your body like a lot of what we since we've moved out here into the hills, uh, feeling your body uh, progress and be able to and take on different challenges and like just to have those moments when like uh, we you know when we start our runs we have to go uphill pretty much uh, you know so when we, when you start off going up the big hill that's not, that's right outside our our uh our subdivision and you can run it and su- like suddenly you can run it and then like you're running it at a faster pace and you're running it at close to what you are used to running on flat ground like or close-ish like maybe your heart rate's really spiked up but like you're you're running it strong and you suddenly realize it and you're like oh cool like i can feel myself progressing and I can feel my body getting in better shape and taking on different challenges. Like that is immensely satisfying to me, and is something that like I I don't think I would ever. I don't think I, I've gotten since I started running, because at that time I went from like I'm happy I ran to I'm running, you know, not having to stop to walk every five minutes. So I think that it's just been an interesting kind of back to basics uh, feeling during the pandemic, and I hope that kind of has made me more mature in my thinking about uh, how to gauge my success in running. I, I t- couldn't agree more. I, I am actually right. like running faster on the hills than I was at sea level, which nice. is baffling. But it has brought me a lot of happiness and a lot of pride to like feel my body taking on these things that when we moved here, I was walking a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of how the pandemic has changed, I, I don't know. I'm like, I, I'm thinking about it now and I have stuff I want to say, but I might like completely change my mind tomorrow. Uh-huh. Um, but I feel when we ran the Marine Corps Marathon, I was like ready to be done with running. Yeah. And so I signed up for a marathon. Of course. Um, but I just like wasn't really enjoying it and feeling like I had plateaued. And even after that, like... Running was so stressful because it was always like, oh, well, like, I'm sick, so I'm going to miss this week of training, but then how am I going to make it up? I have to, like, rejigger my training, and I'm going to miss this long run, and oh, my knee hurts, I shouldn't run, but I'm going to because I have this race. Right. And 
I I love racing. It's it's fun and it's an event and it's something on the calendar, but taking off like those deadlines and that pressure has like truly there is no reason to get out the door and run other than that I love it. Yeah. There's nothing to train for and when my foot hurt, I was like I mean, I got stressed about it because I was like, races are just coming back and right, I don't right, want right. to like, but it wasn't like, oh, if I take two days off, I have to like, where am I going to fit those runs in? Am I going to be able to run this marathon? Like being able to just run and feel, I also, I mean, it sounds like kind of voodoo, hippie, whatever, but like voodoo, voodoo, not hippie. About voodoo. voodoo, hoodoo, I don't know. <laughs> um, I do feel like yoga has just made me like so much more in tune with my body. Yeah. Like I used to be in yoga classes and the teacher would be like, move in whatever way your body needs. And I'm like, my body needs to be like laying like, down. Sleep, like, sleep I'm is done. what my body needs. Um, but I feel that now. I'll be like, my body wants to run today. And my body doesn't want to run today. And that's okay. And it has like really made me fall back in love with running in a way that I never would have expected because I do love races so much. Right. And I, I have enjoyed the virtual races and the virtual challenges, but it has just been, and it's making me wonder like, should I race less? Should I, should I race less frequently? Cause I'm like, I'm definitely like a FOMO person, oh, yeah, right? Like sure. I'm like, oh, like. You talk about that, that, that marathon that you yeah. ran, or the half marathon you ran because, and you didn't train for. It was not because you suddenly felt pressure to well, you, you just wanted to really run a half marathon. It was because... I was supposed to cheer you on in your marathon, but then all my friends were doing it, and exactly. I liked the medal, and I was like, oh, I'll just do it. Yeah. To, be, to be clear, when I signed up, I had plenty of time, but then I like went abroad for a week for work and got a really bad flu yep. and couldn't run for like three or four weeks. There was, there was lots happening. Um, but yeah, so I, I'll just be like, oh, I'll just sign up, because like, it'll be really fun to do, but like... Running is so much more fun when there isn't that pressure. Like maybe I pick a few key races a year and yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, once they're back, you know, I'm going to be like, oh, I want to do everything. I think once they're back, we're going to do a, I mean, like one thing that we, we found out some exciting news uh, by we, you checked your email and I found, saw some exciting news today that the Frederick, uh, that's the Frederick Half, right? Yes. The Frederick Half Marathon in, yeah. in Maryland is back on. DC and it's a, area in July. So like best gonna, time to run. We're gonna run a half marathon in July. Like I guess what guess what race I'm not PRing that like th this year. Uh, but like Tilly it's Tilly. all about it's all about just this year is gonna be like let's do every race that we can because like we're super excited to get back for races. Also, we might be able to meet our friends from Will Run for at at these races. Uh, a couple of them are doing the King Crab Challenge too. So, uh, but like that's exactly it. We get to, we're super excited to see people and to, and to be out at events and do things. But I do want to like maintain some of this, this zen, stillness the and zen this that you've clarity. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really smart. And I and think really, that like, yeah. That extends to our lives beyond running too. We were always like running late to stuff and getting up early to squeeze in runs. And then we had brunch with this person. Like our weekends were busy and I loved it, but yeah. We're still late it's to been things. nice to like slow down just a little bit. We're still late to things. We're just less apologetic about it now because we don't we don't disappoint people waiting at a restaurant. It's true. Just we text them and say, "Hey, we'll be late to the Zoom." It's true. But uh, yeah, no, I think that I thought my point was nice, but you just had you're... to make it about us being late. <laughs> we are. We like to sleep. Uh, no, I think you're totally right. That like, uh, I think that like, it's been a real. 
just be completely off running, uh, running but as life uh, in total. A lot of this year has been about gratitude and being grateful for very little things and kind of realizing what matters and what doesn't. And like, no longer if like, I want to be on time, sure, but like if we're 15 minutes late to a reservation for dinner or something like that, like, eh, whatever. Like it's like it's a we're, we'll be a little late. Oh, I, I think we need to work on our punctuality oh, in the we, real world. We just need to wake up. We just don't wake up very well. I like sleep. I mean, we're off on a tangent now, but I feel like I sleep and I'm like, oh, it only taking like 10 minutes to get ready. And it never it takes, takes like me. An hour yeah. <laughs> uh, well, here's to play it into running. We, we're getting to the point in the year where uh, like in, in, the, in this winter, we've gotten into a really nice habit of waking up and then we lay in bed for like an hour and a half watching Instagram reels because we're millennials now and that's what, that's what we do. Uh, but not gonna be able to do that. Uh, like it's starting no. to get warm, and we like we did this the other day, and like went out and did our long runs in the heat of the day, and it was not great. I start marathon training at the end of July. Yeah. So my like super long runs will come when it like gets a little more moderate, but like I'm definitely gonna have to like get up and go. So, yeah. Which is fine. Sometimes success is waking up on time. So true. Uh, how was your beer? Good. I actually, I don't know why I said good. Yeah, yeah, you you, you jumped to good really quickly. Uh, I like it less than the one I had the other day. I think with these small batch ones, like there can be a lot of variety in between bottles. It's a little funkier. Huh. I'm all about like a tart beer, but not all about like a funky beer. Sure. Like sour beers, yes. Gozes, yes. Wild beers, real iffy. Brett beers, absolutely not. Yeah. So. It's, it's just, this is just tasting a little funky. Yeah. And I mean, it's also not like we're recording this after dinner. It's not like this is a beer that should be drank at 10 o'clock in the morning. It's probably true. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's to, to blame for mine too. I have, speaking of Instagram reels, my experience with this beer has been very much, I like it, but not <laughs> a lot. I don't like it. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I know it's uh, you know it, it is. I said it tastes a lot like plums, and I don't like plums, so that uh, ends up being the problem. I think. Uh, sorry, I should have waited. To, uh, you're gonna hit this. No, you're you're good. You're good. You're good. You got it. I'm gonna have to stop talking for a bit, guys. Okay. We're good. And we made it. Okay. Something about the way you said, like, it said it tastes like plums, but I don't like plums. I don't. I don't. And it tastes, it, like, I you said. I don't like peaches either. I, I don't, you don't like, like anything good. I don't like peaches. Oh, okay. Miss, miss super picky eater. You don't like mushrooms or peppers or many other things. We've eaten, we've been eating, I can eat peppers now that I'm not eating dairy. There, that's, that's My true. stomach that's can true. handle one or the one, other, one but thing at not a time. both. Uh, it, it, like, it, it just tasted. <laughs> very uh like I, at first i was like oh it's dank it's interesting and then it just kind of kept it kept it t- tasted like so dank it's almost musty almost like a basement I mean, yeah yeah uh so not my favorite uh new england ipa uh but sorry connecticut didn't come through for you no it's okay i feel bad because i like that i like the way this looks so much and i could tell they put a lot of care into it it's just uh too different for me I think that's the way I'm going to go. The thing, I was like probably drunk and like going off about this the other day. Mm-hmm. Like people have such different tastes. Like I'm sure there are people who love that beer. Yep. 
Um, so people just, just not for me. Exactly. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I drink most of it. I'll get, I'll get, I'll get through it. But it is, um, is not my favorite thing I've ever had. But I'm sorry. It's okay. Well, you got your second mass beer up next. There we go. I forgot what it is. I don't know. What I'm sure it's gonna be good. My Massachusetts Probably. beer is the Hop Owl. Yeah, that's, that's right. not the name of the brewery, but their logo is a hop owl, and yeah. I love them. No, it's very good looking. I want like very a pet beer. hop owl. I forget what I got. It's another. New, I think it's. I, I got a lot of like juicy hazy IPAs, or at least the New England IPAs. I thought they would be juicy and hazy. This one's not. So uh, we'll see. But I'm excited to get to it. Where can the people find us? We are wherever you get podcasts: Apple, Spotify, other. A lot of other. A lot of other. And uh, we are on Instagram. At Running on Tap. At Running on Tap. I have been posting more. I, Kyle's I, not pulling I, this I, weight. I, post, I posted a I, Kyle I did told the me story. he took a picture and then never, never posted Oh, it. I did take a picture and it's going to be outdated now because it was like weeks ago. It's fine. Um, I did take that picture though. I was reading about Instagram algorithms. Apparently more people will see your stuff if you do reels. So we're going to have to start doing running reels. Ooh, I like it. But not a lot. <laughs> I don't like it. All right. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we're going to be coming back to you next week with a, it's a little teaser, uh, a very special episode. We're going to uh, I'm so excited. have a, our next interview episode with another uh, member of our close running family here in uh, the Northern Virginia area. Elisa. Uh, is going to join us and she has a, just a really interesting running story. Lisa has one of the craziest running stories I've ever heard, which I will let her tell, but talk about going from zero to 60. It's an inspiration. Seriously. She really is. And uh, it's going to be a really interesting episode and we're looking forward to talking with her. And so you'll have to tune, tune in next week to, to hear that one. Thanks so much for listening and we will talk to you then.